Welcome to Epidemiology Now. My name is Eunyoung Lee. Epidemiology Now is a podcast prepared for students in Health 323 Introduction to Epidemiology at Queen's University. Okay, hello everyone. Today we have Ivar Lim. She's a recent graduate from uh, the Master of Public Health program at Queen's University. And because this week we're going to be talking about the, the applications of epidemiology in public health and population health. So I thought it would be highly relevant to have someone who just graduated from the program and who, are, who is just getting ready to get into the job market. So welcome, Eva Lin, to our, um, I guess, podcast or class. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this week, our students will be learning about, you know, why epidemiology is useful in informing public health. Um, so I'm sure you have lots of experience. You, you're, you know, your learning is very fresh right now. So hopefully we can have a really fruitful conversation today. Um, so to begin, can you give my students a sense of who you are in any way you like? Yeah, so um, hi, hi, Young, and hi, everyone else. Uh, my name is Eva. And uh, I was born and raised in Seoul, South Korea, and moved to Edmonton, Alberta at the age of 15 for the education. And um, I have Bachelor of Science, uh, majoring in medical tech biology at Furman University. And after a few years of working as a research assistant, I recently graduated from Queen's University with the Master's of Public Health, as Young just mentioned. And um, besides work, in my free time, I spend my time gardening, cooking, and playing a golf. Nice. Um, we have <laughs> very interesting and sounds like fun hobbies. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Okay. How's your garden gardening going? It's going good, but yeah. I think um, I have a bit of love and hate relationship with the squirrels in my backyard. So <laughs> it's just a problem that they like um, my potatoes and everything else as much as I enjoy. That's just a bit of a problem, but everything right. else is good. That's awesome. Um, okay, so um, like I said, you recently graduated from the Master of Health uh, Public Health program at Queen's University. So can you tell us about about your experience being in the uh, program? And I know that you took epidemiology course as well there. So can you tell us, can you share your experience and, and learning that you have gained in the past year? Yeah, so I'll just begin with like how I became interested in public health because that's mm -hmm. um, I took a long way to get into master's public health, and then there was a bit of uh, time considering which courses that I need to take and uh, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, I became interested in public health while working as a research assistant for various population-based research projects. And I started to notice my passion to learn more about the uh, practical elements of the public health and opportunities to improve population health by uh, preventing illness and managing the illness. So this is when I started to look into the master's, pro uh, master's program where I could further develop my skills and knowledge in public health. So doing some research, there were uh, two options of uh, master's program that I considered. And one was uh, master's of science in epidemiology. And the other one was the master's of public health. And then these two are the often the courses, um, a lot of bachelors of science degree uh, students take into consideration. So um, I've noticed that master's of science in epidemiology is considered more of a 
academic degree that focus on research methods and public health, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the uh, MPH, uh, shortened as uh, Masters of Public Health, is considered more of a uh, professional degree allowing students to gain competency um, in broad-based area of public health practice. So um, as I knew that I desired to reinforce my skills in searching for evidence-based research, context, and experience, and moving into the action to prevent disease and improve population health, mm-hmm. I decided to apply for NPH program. Right. So, yeah. So when I applied to NPH program, I was seeking to narrow down which stream of the public health I was most interested in. Mm-hmm. And um, the Queen's NPH program stood out to me as it was all encompassing from health policy to um, epidemiology to global health, and um, but also allowed for the opportunities to explore diverse and more specific mm-hmm. topics, so like um, health economics, health programs, evaluations, mm-hmm. um, and evidence-informed actions, Canadian health systems, and chronic disease or infectious disease epidemiology. Mm-hmm. So the, these coursework really were designed to for students to experience the practice and practice mm. the real life career tests. Um, and then these tests could be include like health program evaluation, briefing notes, evidence brief, case reflections and health equity impact assessment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, so you gave us a really great overview of the of two programs. One is epidemiology, the other one is public health. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of the introductory courses, I'm sure you have both students in the same course, for example, I guess, epidemiology course. So what were yeah. your experience? Um, so, you know, public health is more focused on like kind of practice oriented um, uh curriculum, whereas epidemiology is more methodological and more, you know, science-based, more, you know, degree-based work. So um, I'm wondering what are the career options they have? Uh, Yeah, so uh, further uh, career options for the MPH holds actually a variety of numerous career options out there. Mm -hmm. So looking at the MPH alumni's career path, which is also available on Queen's MPH website if a student wants to take a look, um, Mm -hmm. they work as healthcare administrator and biostatisticians, Mm -hmm. epidemiologists, research analysts, and uh, public health project manager and like disaster management specialist, uh, public health promoter, uh, which... You can also do it with um, Masters of Science in Epidemiology, mm-hmm. but it is still more focused and exper- experience. And then there's more opportunities like practicum placement are available mm-hmm. for the um, public health programs. Right, right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So um, I know that you're currently looking for a job. So what kind of jobs are you are you looking at? Like what kind of organizations are you looking at to see, you know, if any jobs available yeah so um i forgot to mention about the practicum placement components of the masters of public health program which is like a one of the Mm. huge deal as it uh, gives opportunities to students to really integrate the uh, opportunities to use those um, knowledge that you learned from the coursework and then to experience what the field experience is like. Mm-hmm. So um, from that practice placement, I've really learned that I uh, have passion for community health promotion. So um, I'm currently looking into um, 
positions like health promoters or even public health planners. And mm-hmm. these job opportunities are available in hospitals, universities, government mm-hmm. agencies, like mm-hmm. regional, provincial, and federal level. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like pharmaceutical companies as well, where they carry like uh, community health promoters. Right. So um, in in our course, one of the course contents that we, that I put extra emphasis on is that epidemiology informs public health practice. Of course, there are other things like, you know, risk perception, priorita- uh, prioritization and also, you know, you know, political will, et cetera, and political climate as well. But can you just briefly explain how public health practice is informed by epidemiological evidence? Yeah, um, yeah. so as public health issues are quite complex, mm-hmm. and, uh, which also requires uh, complex collaborative solutions, changes mm-hmm. to health-related structures like systems, policies, and environments mm-hmm. are facilitated through these various decision-making process. And then mm-hmm. this is where the epidemiological evidence is utilized. Right. So um, from your course, I, know I did the lecture on the... Um, the five stages of how epidemiological evidence is used to inform public health. And maybe I'll just explain by giving example of an issue of maybe high prevalence rate of obesity among kings and adults to better explain the concept. Sure. So, okay. So um, if there is a uh, issue of the uh, high prevalence rate of obesity is detected among kings and adults, for example, then we first need to look into the Kingston residence health status data, which can be utilized to frame the issue. Such describes the like burden of overweight among this group, as well as the root causes and determinants of um, this complex issue. Mm-hmm. Then it's followed by um, identifying the health issue, which can be improved based on the existing and the most efficient evidence. Mm-hmm. So issues like in uh, maybe low physical activity rates among Kingston adults. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the search and from the search appraisal and synthesis of the evidence, intervention can be developed. And then this intervention can be implemented by the health system governance. So maybe uh, examples of KFNA public health is implementing a um, bike share or incentive program, which includes like bike share program services and increasing mm-hmm. the bike path in Kingston to increase the physical activity among Kingston uh, adults. And then lastly, the intervention um, has to be continuously monitored by mm-hmm. maybe a program evaluation to see where if the intervention really increased the um, physical activity of the Kingston residents. Mm-hmm. So, so although this uh, example is not the currently existing intervention, the steps of how the epidemiological evidence is searched, utilized, and informed to public health action is mm-hmm. what public health practitioners and professionals can expect as their project test. Mm -hmm. So um, as evidence for the effective public health comes in parts from the epidemiological studies. Mm -hmm. So understanding the, even understanding the concept of epidemiology, like uh, determinants of health, Mm -hmm. uh, data sources, measurement and um, study design principles Mm -hmm. on top of the uh, utilizing of these evidence into informed actions mm-hmm. um, are really the key foundation of the all um, public health related work. Right. Yeah. So I think you explained really well about how, you know, epidemiology and public health practice are 
interconnected and they're cyclical. So epidemiology, um, epidemiological studies, it informs public health by identifying, you know, at risk populations or health problems in, in local areas. Then, you know, epidemiological research uh, looking at you know, the causes of obesity, for example, based on your example, then based on that causes, um, those causes identified, we can develop appropriate interventions. So for example, physical activity is low among those who experience obesity, then, you know, increasing physical activity could be a viable intervention for that population. And then right. intervention, so intervention is implemented, then evaluated, and we then epidemiological research monitors um, the progress of the intervention and also by re-identifying the health problems, we can see if the obesity issue has been resolved or it still uh, remains as a major problem, then, you know, I guess that's the way we evaluate. So epidemiological research basically is embedded in all aspects and all steps of, you know, public health practice. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's good. Yeah. I feel validated by the public <laughs> health pr practitioner. Well, okay. you're a professor, so you probably have better answers. But that's from the um, the side of the where I come from as right. masters of public health. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that you just done a practicum. Can you share a little bit about what you had to do in your practicum course? Yeah, so um, so building upon those courseworks that I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. MPH students are required to spend uh, 400 hours of practicum placement, which then provides an opportunity to demonstrate and enhance the knowledge, skills, attitude they learn from the coursework. Mm -hmm. So, and this also allows you to reflect on and um, advance your career development as well. So mm -hmm. for my uh, practice placement, I worked as a uh, research assistant for the Reconnect study, which mm -hmm. was with um, Kingston Street Health and the Department of Emergency Medicine at Queen's University. And just a little bit about this Reconnect study is that the research project aims to understand uh, emergency department care experiences among groups that have historically had negative experience in the emergency mm -hmm. room. Mm -hmm. So uh, for this role, I mainly uh, facilitated participant recruitment and survey uh, completion on their experiences at emergency department in person uh, via in-person interview. And um, this uh, facilitation was occurred at uh, Kingston General Hospital's emergency department and urgent care center at Hotel Du and other uh, community partner organizations. Mm -hmm. So... Um, by uh, connecting to these uh, partner organizations like um, St. Vincent de Paul, Home Based Housing, and uh, mm -hmm. Integrated Care Hub, I was able to foster the partnership with them by making initiatives to discuss several logistics on on-site participant recruitment at their location. Mm -hmm. So, so I think throughout the uh, prepping placement, um, they really um, it was a nice way to complete my practicum my MPH program as an associate student. And I think overall this uh, practical experience allowed me to work on like substantive public health issues and explore area of interest and engage in like a professional self-assessment and critical reflection as well. Mm -hmm. Well, so it sounds like a very interesting study and much needed study because 
um, you know, negative experience among vulnerable population, particularly um, the street population, it's it's commonly reported, but there has be, hasn't been, um, you know, no public discussions about the issues we have in healthcare system. So I'm sure you cannot say anything about the result or collected data, but I am excited to any to see any work coming out of your work. Yeah, I apologize yeah. Um, not being able to share in more details as it's confidential, mm -hmm. but uh, I'm also excited for the data um, yeah. analysis and taking further steps from them. Mm -hmm. So we are talking about how epidemiological evidence, um, you know, informs public health practice, but I'm sure there are other things that inform or that guide or that shape public, public health practice. So can you give us an example of, you know, other influencers for public health policy formation? Yeah, um, so uh, public health uh, policies formed by public health professionals following those um, stages of how evidence is used to uh, inform the public health actions, as I mm -hmm. mentioned. However, um, as the public health issue whose underlining um, determinants of health are very rarely um, straightforward and lie within the political, economic and social makeup of the society, um, public health policy uh, policy formation is influenced by, by a variety of other factors. So, and then this can include like public opinions, economic conditions, uh, new scientific findings, technological changes, and um, business lobbying and political activity. So, I'll maybe use the example of the legalization of e-cigarettes to explain. Mm. So, um, despite what little is known about uh, e-cigarettes' long-term health effect. Uh, it became legalized in many countries and vaping quickly became a lot more popular. Mm -hmm. and, and this was on the grounds from the e-cigarette may help people to quit smoking, even though it was widely acknowledged that um, unproved benefits of e-cigarettes for treating uh, nicotine addiction, it's much lower than mm. the risk that e-cigarette may pose to human health. So um, this to make it clear that risk perceptions and particularly underestimated risk of e-cigarette and overestimated benefits in helping to quit cigarette had an impact role in priority setting and mm. public health policy formation. So, um, and then this example shows that this risk perception, which holds a uh, public opinion, may also been influenced by the e-cigarette industry hugely. So, um, by misleading the public on the danger of e-cigarettes, which probably have uh, made some influence on its legalization um, by its huge commercial, commercial powers and potential political uh, lobbying activities. Mm -hmm. So uh, overall, this example shows uh, that as much as public health equips and inspires the uh, health professionals to take evidence-based action, um, decisions affecting the public are highly influenced by other factors, including the perception of risk and interest of the stakeholders as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so your example is really interesting because I've just I've just finished um, an undergraduate project project on e-cigarette, and you said over as the the things that guided um, the legalization of e-cigarette is the overestimation of the role of e-cigarette in smoking cessation, and underestimation of its influence on human health, like long-term health. But also e-cigarette uh, smokers or people who use e-cigarettes, they're more likely to develop, to 
develop um, to get into cigarette smoking eventually. So the dual use or poly substance use, it's really common among, and it's becoming common among among e-cigarette users. So yeah, that's a very interesting case report on, um, you know, other things that influence public health evidence, public health practice. Yeah. Nice. Um, Okay. So um, is there anything that you want to say further about public health practice um, or epidemiology or both or anything about you? Um, Yeah, like I, I, I've heard that there's many of uh, students who are interested in enhancing their skills and educations in maybe epidemiology or public health, but um, there are, so there are many options out there to further educate, mm-hmm. but in the same time, um, with that being so broad, there could still be many confusions to narrow down um, the area of interest of the students which also mm. happened to me while I was an undergrad. So mm. I think it's very important to explore um, the variety of programs that's available. Mm. And although I've only mentioned here of uh, Masters of Science in Epidemiology and Masters of pop, uh, Public Health programs, there are still much of um, variety of options and specializations, like including like Masters of Science in Biostatistics, which is also a fully uh, course-based program as well as the MPH program. So mm-hmm. things like that, there's a lot to consider. So mm-hmm. um, don't be afraid to reach out to administration people or anyone um, like a guest lecturer that you have in this mm-hmm. course. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to our students. And thanks for sharing your knowledge. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Bye.